You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Bowness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church, or service times, or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. Well, good morning and welcome to Review Church Online. Welcome also to the year 2021. Like, well done. You made it here. Happy New Year to you. And I think right at the start of this year, first message of the year, it's important, yes, to have a kind of a nodding acknowledgement to that horrible year that is 2020 that is now thankfully in our rear view mirror. But today is actually about kind of looking forward, focus forward, not a preach as such, but really a, a collection of thoughts that I believe God's laid on my heart for us for the church for Riverview Church for this coming season and so I want to set out like a trajectory for the next sort of coming months coming year the most important things for us as a church in this season to be focused upon Uh, and then I'll wrap this all up at the end of this with three key areas that I believe the Lord has laid upon my heart for us to grow in develop in give room for uh, in our meetings and in our lives and every kind of aspect of our church life so this is a a new season and it's important that we understand how to uh, be in this new season how to act in this new season how to move forward in this new season and ultimately This will be about prioritising his presence over our processes. But before I get there, like briefly, last year, right? I mean, what an absolute mess that was. I don't want to talk at length about this because we've already talked so much about COVID-19 and we're all sick of talking about it, aren't we? I mean, it's even overtaken our British obsession with talking about the weather. But what a kind of apocalyptic year that was. And I don't think I'm using that word perhaps too strongly by saying that. And you might be thinking, what? does this all mean like what next what now what's going to happen in the world now where are we in history and consider that society is just utterly devastated across the world right now but that is true in our own community in our own town as well this community needs the church like never before if ever there was a moment where we need to stand up and take our place and raise our voices and, and light up the dark places church it is right here And right now, because it's not just the society, the economy or things like that that are broken, but even family. We've not been allowed to see our own family members, which is just craziness. And when you consider the weight of mental health issues and hopelessness that has embedded itself into people's hearts, we are needed right here and right now. But are we living in those last days, in the revelation kind of times? I've heard this from several quarters across the church, across the globe, that these are the very last of days, that this is revelation kind of stuff. Is that is that true? Uh, are we in the last days? Well, firstly, yes, we can say with absolute authority, biblically, theologically, that yes, we are living in the last days because the apostles themselves refer to living in themselves in the last days and that was 2000 years ago so we can say yes we're living in that last period of time but the question is how far along are we like whereabouts are we on that kind of time scale and uh, how prominently should this be our focus should it affect us Uh, and all these kind of things now you might have heard uh, that phrase I'm sure you have red sky at night shepherds delight red sky in the morning shepherds warning and I mean we all appreciate a great sunset in the evening 
you know that you've had a good day. I think it probably means that you've got a good day coming the next day as well. But we also know that if you get that stunning red sky in the morning, there's bad weather on the horizon. And we, we can read the sky like that, but what that won't do is give us the specifics. It won't tell you the time the rain is going to actually land on your head. It won't tell you when the winds will pick up or how strong they'll be, what will happen to the millibars or anything like that. It won't tell you any of that stuff, but you do know that, that the atmosphere is kind of changing. Now, Jesus picks this up with the Pharisees and he says when evening comes you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red and in the morning today it will be stormy for the sky is red and overcast you know how to interpret the appearance of the sky but you cannot interpret the signs of the times and then he goes on to say a wicked generation looks for a sign but none will be given except the sign of Jonah now, Jesus in other places talks about these signs, if you like, in Mark 13 and Luke 21. Have a look at that in your own time. But he details what some of those things are, like wars and rumours of wars and earthquakes and famines and pestilences, pandemics, if you like. Uh, anxieties, I mean, that's in there. Excesses in society and in our lives and betrayals and persecutions. All of these things, Jesus says, are like birth pains, like contractions of birth pains. Uh, and the thing is, I've got no reference point for that myself. I don't know how painful that is but what I do understand is that it hurts and I think I'm right in saying that as you get closer to the actual event of birth those contractions those pains get closer and closer together now that's quite significant for where we are right here and right now but actually let me just ask a question what is being born what is Jesus referring to that is going to be born from these birth pains well he's talking about the new heavens and the new earth that he is creating for those who have been newly created in Christ and he is going to be returning so that is what we're looking forward to, Christ's return where he wraps all things up. And what a day that will be. It's a day that all Christians, all Bible-believing Christians look to with joy and anticipation. But Jesus's advice unquestionably here is be aware, be alert, be on your guard, but don't be obsessed with times and dates. Uh, and whether this event is this and this event is such and such, D don't do that. Don't get down into the details. You can read the sky, be aware what season you're in, but like no one, no angel and no human knows the times and dates. But Jesus is coming. He is coming. And all of this that we're seeing around us is part of those birth pains. Uh, Jesus says, but about the day and the hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven or the son, but only the father. That means no prophet will know the day that Jesus is going to return. So he says then, therefore, be on your guard, be alert. Uh, you do not know when that time will come. So based on the fact you don't know when it will be, act as if it will be today every single day. Like, we cannot afford to be ignorant or ambivalent about these things that are going on around us in our world, in our society, especially now, church. But be aware, yes. Be alert, yes. But our view, our, our direction of focus, the way that we should be looking, should be Jesus, always. You cannot go wrong. You will not go wrong if you make him your focus, if you make him your obsession if you make him the, the point at which you fix your eyes. Um, so as we look at this and what this all means for us as a church in 2021, emerging from COVID-19, 
I want us just to go to Acts 1. It's that point just before the Holy Spirit kind of falls on the day of Pentecost. Jesus is still there talking to the disciples. And uh, so we're going to pick up uh, chapter 1, verse 4 in the book of Acts. And Jesus says to them, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. That is the gift that was promised, the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And Jesus here says the same thing. He says to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. So this is their mandate. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after this, uh, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. Now they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you have seen him go. And the next sentence says, and so they returned to Jerusalem. Like, why do you look at the sky? Rather than staring at the sky for a sign, the disciples got on with what Jesus had already told them. What are we supposed to be doing, church, in this season right now with everything going on around us? Well, until Jesus says otherwise, the Great Commission is still our mission to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, of all peoples, of all tribes, of all tongues. That is our mandate. That is our job until Jesus comes and tells us otherwise. Now, actually, you know, the, these angels saying to them, why do you look into the sky? I think it's kind of similar to a passage that Simon read last week in Luke 24, where angels also said, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is risen. In other words, guys, stop looking for where Jesus was and stop trying to guess where he will be and focus upon where he is right now. Focus on this moment and where Jesus is right now. You know, we know what the sky looks like. We just have to look out the window. We just need to keep our eyes open and see what's going on around us in the world. And we know that these birth pains are getting closer together, unless that's just my age and everything seems to be getting closer together as you get older. But but we know that these things seem to be getting closer together. The the last century has seen more death and bloodshed from wars and famines and things like that and plagues and what have you than at any other time in the history of the world compressed. Uh, so this is an incredible kind of time. We need to be alert and we need to follow where he is leading us right here and right now. We need to see what he has for us here and ask what he wants from us in this season. You know, a farmer uh, will look at the sky and be aware of what to expect, what's coming towards him. But it will be of no benefit to that farmer to continue like statue like to stare at that sky waiting for something to happen. What the farmer will do is see the sky and continue with the task at hand and perhaps with a greater sense of urgency, kind of like where we are now. Church, we need a greater sense of urgency for the hour. 
Now, is this it? I mean, is Jesus going to return in our lifetime? I've, I've read it today that somebody has said that he expects Jesus to return in our lifetimes. You know, I cannot possibly answer that. Remember, Jesus said, no one knows. Not even the Son, but only the Father knows. But we, we can, you know, maybe we can't know the precise time of all of these things, but we can know the season that we are in. And this should prompt us to action. So right here, beginning of 2021, church, this is the message to us. Ultimately, be prepared, like get dressed and get ready for action. What action? Again, the Great Commission is still our mission until Jesus says otherwise. But what we should do right here and right now is pursue that with a greater sense of urgency. Boness needs the church. It needs Riverview Church. It needs all of the churches here that form the church to take their stand, to take their place and be the church. It's not just about evangelists like knocking on doors or chatting to people in the street. And it's not just about the leaders coming up with these processes and plans for doing that. It's about the church. It's about you and me uh, together, corporately together, being his witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, there's something I really need to say here before I go further about the church about the gathered church specifically, because this is something that has like been eroded and washed away over the last sort of nine, 10 months. And I know there's a concern that that's it, that if we don't do something now, um, that there won't be uh, a gathered church in the future. Well, look, let me just say absolute clarity right here, right now. And I think every pastor that I know of would say the same thing. We should be gathered in person. The ecclesia, the word ecclesia, which is the word we translate to church, it means assembly. It means gathering, collective. It means togetherness. Uh, so there isn't really this room for, for a non-gathered church, ultimately. Uh, and the gathering is for the equipping, the encouraging, the growing, etc. of the church. And I want to tell you, we will be gathered again in 2021. I can say that with great confidence. There is no appetite, no intention or mandate for us to be 100% online as we move forward, like in our separate houses. We will be gathering again soon. But the gathered church, the gathering of the church is not all there is to church. It is a part, it's a joyful and a very important part of the church, of the life of the church. Um, of the involvement of the church, but actually the the church is about more than Sunday meetings and maybe a midweek meeting as well, a prayer meeting or what have you. It's about more than that. If we can condense the church down to just the gathering, well, look, there are 168 hours in a week. And let's say that you attend regularly church for an hour and a half on a Sunday and an hour and a half on a weeknight. Well, that's three hours out of 168. That's less than 2% of the week. Are we Would we seriously kind of suggest that the church is only effective and engaged and active for less than 2% of the week, that 90% of the week it's irrelevant and doesn't matter? You know, we need to grasp back that 98% of the week and recognise our mandate as churches to be church 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every week of the year. So therefore, if the church is just about the gathered, the, the meetings, the times we're together in the same place, then actually we miss out on its fullness of everything that Jesus intended for us. We, we kind of sell it short uh, and we actually withhold our hands from the plough. Uh, and a great challenging question is here is, do 
our neighbours know? Do your neighbours know? And even if not, are we at least lifting them up in prayer, like regularly, daily before him? And the thing is, we, we should gather, we must gather, and we will gather. But honestly, the walls of our building do not need us to be there. The community needs us to be there. And the gathering is important because that is what empowers us uh, and equips us for the scattering out into the community and being an effective church in this town. That's why we're saying this year we want to prioritise presence over process. We want to prioritise Jesus's presence with us over like the systems and rotors and things like that that help us to get there. I'm not saying that you know, process is out of the window, that it's a free-for-all, we do whatever, um, because those things actually will help us. For example, if we're going into the town hall, we need a process to set up quickly and efficiently so that we have more time for meeting together, praying together, worshipping together. So the processes help to serve us, but they are not the priority. The priority is the presence of God. Now, what do I really mean by that? Well, we need to be a people of his presence, a people marked by the presence of the living God in our midst, Emmanuel, God with us. We should be different to society. We shouldn't look the same as culture around us, even if there are little bits and pieces that the age we live in we, we kind of take. But actually, we should be a completely set apart and different people, a holy people, a peculiar people even, because we carry the presence of the living God. And the thing is here, with presence over process, yesterday's manner will not suffice. You know, the traditions of yesterday, the ways we've done things, the, the systems and processes of yesterday aren't necessarily going to benefit us or help us in this season. We want to prioritise his presence. And the key to all of this, as we've read in Acts, wait in Jerusalem uh, where you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So the Holy Spirit is the key to all of this. And I really believe that 2021 for us as a church is about rediscovering and growing in, in a joyful way, uh, our equipping in and by the Holy Spirit, how he empowers our lives and our ministry. And we want this to be in authenticity of his presence. We are not looking for like some crazy bonkers kind of do whatever you fancy free for all. God is a God of order, not of disorder. But we fully believe that there is power that we will receive from the Holy Spirit, that we need to grow in, that we need to discover and rediscover in this year, his power at work in each of us, not just the, the anointed few, but, you know, in these last days, God says, this is in Joel, that I will pour forth my spirit on all mankind, all mankind, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my bond servants, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth my spirit and they shall prophesy. You know, this is about walking in the spirit, each of us being led by the spirit, being empowered by the spirit, discovering the, the surprising ways in which he will equip us, equip us, equip us, empower us and enliven us. It is vital right here, right now, for us, for us individually, for us as a church and for this town, that we give 
him room. That our gatherings become a place where he is able to move and where he empowers, encourages and equips us. So there are three kind of key areas of development, of growth, of maturing that we need to give room to in this coming year as we kind of stretch forward and as we grow inwardly as a church, as we grow inwardly as individual believers and corporately together. And those three key areas, I'll talk about these at greater length in the coming weeks and months, but right here, right now, firstly, to worship in the spirit, to really learn about that, to give room to that in our meetings. Uh, we, we don't want to simply just sing songs, etc. Um, to pray in the spirit is the second thing. And then to minister and live our lives in the spirit. Those are the three key areas. Now, it's not that we're not currently doing these things at all. I'm not saying that. But these are areas that we want to give more room uh, for stretch and for growth as we allow God to lead us further in, further on, higher up. So worship in the spirit, very briefly. I mean, Paul says, speaking to one another interesting that he says speaking there speaking to one another with psalms hymns and songs from the spirit sing and make music from your heart to the lord always giving thanks to god uh, the father for everything in the name of our lord jesus christ so it's from the spirit and from the heart you know as we know uh, with the encounter with the women at the well it's in spirit and in truth that we worship you know, very briefly, worship is more than music. It's more than a song. It's more than corporate singing, like far more. And oh my word, have we missed that this year. But worship is more than that. It's about lives that reflect Jesus. It's about hearts that are bursting with praise for the living God. And, and corporate singing is like the delightful overflow of our gratitude and awe-filled hearts. It, it's the pinnacle of our worship and not the bedrock or foundation of it. You know, it's a wonderful grace-filled gift that as we worship, God by his spirit draws near and does things in our midst and we're changed and we're healed. But worship isn't about that. Worship is about declaring to our hearts, to our families, to our communities, to each other, the greatness and awe of his worthiness his magnificence and his worth. It's about him and it's for him. And when we worship in spirit of uh, spirit and truth with unity of heart and intention, we will see the spiritual ground in this town start to shake and strongholds start to come down. Like God doesn't have a musical preference or a song preference or anything like that. God has a heart preference. You search much deeper within, as Matt Redmond sang. You know, if we don't have hearts full of worship, we will never have mouths that are full of worship. So we want to learn to sing beyond the words that come up on the screen, beyond the words on the page, beyond the words that a, a, a songwriter has written for us. We want to learn to sing more and more beyond that and give room for the spirit to allow us to sing from our own hearts in our meetings, from the deep places of our hearts. Uh, second thing, praying in the spirit. Paul says, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. He goes on there and we're going to explore that in the next few weeks anyway. But to pray in the spirit means we give him room as we individually and corporately pray. That we don't just fill the, the space with our, our speech, but we also fill it with listening for his voice as well. And allow his spirit to direct how and where and for what we pray. 
And then the third thing is about life in the spirit, our witness, our fellowship together, our ministry in this town. And this is a battle. This is something we're going to look at at length in the coming weeks. Um, But available is his provision, his equipping, his empowering, his armory, like armoured and equipped by God, particularly with the sword of the spirit by which we can go on the offensive in this town. So we're going to spend some time really looking at all of those points of the armour, what they mean to us right here and right now, not just theologically, but how we can deal with this, how we can use this and how this impacts us as we minister to this town in this age. Ultimately, guys, as I kind of draw this together, this is all about God reliance. That's what presence over process is all about. It's about God reliance. We can be confident beyond our learning, beyond our experience, beyond our planning and beyond our ability that the Spirit will equip and embolden us. It happened right there in the pages just after the bit I read in the book of Acts. One of the first things that happens when the Spirit drops is that they are filled with a courage, a boldness and an authority and they're able to speak with great Spirit-filled clarity that has massive impact on the community around them. Uh, And Jesus says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. He also says, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. So we can be confident that as we boldly, as we step out to be his witnesses in this town, in these surrounding areas, that that he will speak through us. We don't have to cleverly figure out all our apologetic arguments beforehand, because in that moment, with the God-given opportunities in front of us, if we're bold enough to, to seize them and trust that he will bring courage into that situation and bring wisdom into that situation, then we will see this town absolutely transformed. And it is about you, and it is about me. And I get that evangelism and ministry is a fear-filled thing. But you know where that fear comes from, don't you? I mean, yes, we might think it's, well, because I'm not really gifted in that area, you know, maybe, or I'm not really good enough as a Christian, or, you know, I'm worried about what that person will say, or I'm worried about being mocked or beaten or whatever it is. But you know, actually, all of that is the lies of the enemy. All of that fear comes from the father of lies. He wants to stop you in your tracks. Why? Because he is afraid himself. So he's trying to push that fear onto you to protect himself. He's afraid of you recognising your identity in Christ and, and having the confidence and boldness to step out, knowing and trusting that the Spirit will be right there in you, with you, empowering you, giving you words to say. He is petrified of that. And so he will feed all of these lies into your head to try to stop you cold in your tracks. And it is time we shook off that fear. It is time we put the enemy back in his box and say get back away from me satan because this is the day that the lord has made we're going to rejoice we're going to be glad in it and we're going to take the fight on the front foot to this town so we're not going to fear outreach and we're not going to stifle it with all these kind of systems and processes um but we are going to push out listen the hour may be nearer but the mandate is the same seek the lost 
mature the found. The Great Commission is still our mission. The, the hour may be nearer, but God is unchanged, unshaken, unfazed. And actually, I think he's kind of unimpressed with people that claim to know specific times and dates. So yes, as I conclude, look to the sky, perceive the atmosphere, be alert and know the times that we're living in. Be prepared, be motivated to action, but don't get stuck trying to work out specifics, times and dates. Let us keep our hand to the plough with our eyes firmly fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter, the one who began this good work in us, in we, his people, the church. He is faithful and will complete it. So 2021, presence over process. That is how we're going to be moving forward. Guys, bless you. We're about to go live and uh, lead us through the Lord's Supper together. But for now, that's it from me. Uh, I'll see you soon. Amen. Amen.